What is up? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to rise and shred with the one, the only Jacob Gavin. He looks so brilliant in the morning, ladies and gentlemen. I just love hanging out with him first thing in the morning, Monday morning after a weekend. I can, I just know that Jacob is always going to share some things that is just going to motivate us, going to inspire us for this week. And I mean, honestly, Jacob, last week, momentous week in so many different avenues from billionaires to CFPB to Biden administration taking over like holy cow where do we even dive in where do we even start this morning man I mean we were sending out so much breaking news last week it was crazy I mean even doll was like oh man come on you're killing me over here it's like you're killing me bro you're killing me it's but funny. it's true it, there was so many big things happening we almost it's funny because there was one point in the week where you're like okay like we got to take a breath. Like let's hold on. Let's find out what all what's going to break, and then we'll then we'll share it with the industry. But crazy week last week. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and you know it's like people talk about the news industry all the time, and they got lots of opinions. And I get it. It's a public facing industry. You know, you put you put yourself out there. You know, people who disagree with the littlest things can write to you. They got a point. They got sure. a point, right? You know, you listen to them and all that. Uh, but it's but it's interesting when you're sending out a lot of news and you're putting it all out there. It actually shows a lot of integrity on the part of a media company, which is why I love the work that we do. Because when you've been in news as long as I've been in the news, which has been forever, <laughs> you learn that the bias. You know, everyone talks about you're biased, you're biased, you're biased. Yeah, well, you and I we're biased, right? We're biased for the mortgage industry. Right. For promoting the mortgage industry, for promoting good players. We're going to start doing awards. We've got all sorts of crazy, crazy stuff coming out this year. It's going to be huge for us. And that's awesome. And I love everybody. Thank you for supporting us, everyone. But talking about the bias, the real bias in media comes with what you don't cover. Yeah. That is what people don't really understand is if you want to check your news source and you want to see if your news source is fake news, ask yourself, what are they not covering? Because if they are not covering an issue that everyone else has covered, that's their bias. That's where their money is. That's where their producer is. So when you want to judge someone, that's where you go with the bias. So that's the Monday morning, how do you do kind of soapbox off. Let's jump in. Oh, I, I love that because we truly do that, Jacob, that you and I have talked about this ever since we we first started doing Rise and Shred is it's that unbiased, it's the real, it's the things that we're not taking aside. We're, we're coming at you from a place that you need to know this information. And I agree. So let's start off. So CFPB, some big stuff right. happened in the CFPB last week. Let's start with that. Oh, man. Okay. So check this out. The CFPB previous director, Kathy Craniger, was a friend of my good friend, Pam Patno, who is assistant a secretary at HUD and all that. And we've talked about Kathy a lot. Kathy yeah. was an apolitical leader at the CFPB. Like of all the leaders of the last administration, she was very apolitical. You may think she was effective. You may think she was ineffective, but she was apolitical. That has changed. Okay. Sure. The new head of the CFPB Right. So Kathy resigned because she was asked to by the Biden administration. The Biden administration, the president, rather, can fire the CFPB now because Trump made that happen before it wasn't like that. Before yep. it wasn't like that. Now the president can fire the head of the CFPB. Now the president can fire the head of the FHFA. Right. Right. He's not going to fire the guy he put in there. No. And the guy he put in there is an Elizabeth Warren associate. And the reason I say that now, I talked to Elizabeth Warren when she was putting together the CFPB. Okay. And I said, why are you regulating appraisals? How are appraisals a consumer product? You know, why are you going to give consumer a voice and how appraisals are done? I'm not joking, Josh. I asked her this point blank, not as 
simple, you know, much more simple. I said, well, I, I, let me tell you how I asked her. I said, uh, you, you know, Senator Warren, why would a consumer facing protection agency look to regulate a tool used by lenders to determine what their collateral should be in a loan? Her response was like, if you don't break the law, you don't get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's true, I guess. That's very true. And what followed, Josh, was years of bend them, but don't break them, monetary fines for mortgage lenders. Ooh. So mortgage lenders, as we saw, we saw last week, mortgage lenders got hit hard under the last administration, the CFPB. In the previous administration, too, the Trump administration, uh, you know, they went after all those VA lenders. You remember Rise and Shred? They went after, yeah. Like, yeah. They went after all oh, these VA lenders. They, they, they just get on a tear. Look, we need money for stimulus. We need money. We need money for stimulus. Where are we going to get it? You're going to look at the industries that are making the money to siphon it from them. Okay? Mortgage, baby. Mortgage. I'm, I'm just, and I'm not making this up. This is sure. what previous CFPB actions have done. So everyone needs to be on their P's and Q's because they are going to be actively going after you. And the new guy in charge, okay, he is an academic. He is not someone from the industry. He is not someone from a regulatory background in as much as he's been in these kinds of roles before. And he has always been a dissenting voice in the previous administration. He don't have to worry about that no more, man. Whew. That's kind of scary, though, right? He's he's got whatever whatever he he can go he can go after. And if you look at if you look at Kamala Harris's background as uh, you know as the AG, she has a history of going after mortgage companies too. I'm not saying these mortgage companies did right. I'm not saying they did wrong. Sure, I'm saying they're they're coming for you. You know, and if it's not you, it's going to be the other person or the other person. But make sure it's not you. Now, on top of that. We know where the money is right now is in servicing. Mm. And everyone needs to, and I'll repeat, I'll repeat it, I'll repeat it. Everyone needs to be really aware if they have a servicing operation that the scrutiny coming to servicing is going to be huge for all the factors I mentioned before and the fact that the CARES Act will end one day. Yeah. It will end one day. And that's when all the homeowners will come out and complain. And I'll say that again, it's the homeowners who are going to be driving the regulation. That's the way the CFPB is set up. In the pre, when the CFPB started and all those monetary fines came and a company that made $5 million was fined $4.5 million in the bend but don't break regulation environment that we saw last time, which is going to come now, where they're going to just take all right. of your capital that you have saved. They're going to take, they won't take that, you know, they're going to take that, put it in the treasury, Okay. I'm not joking, man. I'm serious. Dude. It's not like joking, I'm serious. Um, but what they're going to do is they're going to look at the complaints to see who they could go at before they look at the bank accounts. And all of the complaints come from homeowners. Holy cow. That's where they start. All the complaints. They didn't start from the investors, right? Not the investors saying, you know, my bonds aren't paying out. Right. They're not, coming from, they're not going to Fannie and Freddie and saying, hey, you know, who's, who's, who's not doing right over here? Every single payout to the CFPB generates at the homeowner level. Holy smokes. Okay, so real quick, let's kind of 
taking this a step deeper. So does this really start to deter lenders? Does this start to deter, deter people from servicing? Because ultimately, like if it is those ones who are servicing the majority, like, because the consumer, if they, as soon as this CARES Act ends, we all know it's going to, eventually it will, they're going to, oh, I mean, complaints are going to just flood these servicers. So now our company's like, well, do I get rid of servicing? What, what are the thoughts? What's that? No, I don't think so. I think the people in this industry are too right-minded. I think they're too good at what they do. I think they're too smart. You know, um, they if if the if the responsible lenders and servicers out there are doing their job, they're going to continue to do it. They it might slow things down, sure, right? It might add a couple of days to it, but for the most part, man. I mean, if you think back in in your Rolodex, Josh, and you think of everyone you talk to, are any of them out there actually trying to deceive homeowners? You know, they're no. not. So so when you when you ask me generally. Will our industry be impacted? No, it won't. But we will have these problems. We will have these problems because ultimately in our industry, people favor creating homeownership yeah. rather than walking away from it. Right. So, you know, I don't think that that mood changes. I just think that there's a new boss in charge. So we got to work the way they want us to work. That's Ooh. No, and I'm just putting that out there right now. So we're not, you know, on the show a year from now talking about someone we know who's paying a million dollar settlement because they got because right now the, the 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 talent level is not trained up sure as well as it should be. And that's what we talked about last week, right? Right. It's like you 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 have to have these hourly folks come in trying to get them to do underwriting roles and all that, trying to get them to figure out. They don't even know the ins and outs. They don't even know what the CARES Act even is right. half the time. You know, you get an email from your servicer that says, uh, you know, you you're out of the you're out of the CARES Act, you're delinquent. Um, you know, call customer service. If you don't call customer service, you know, don't call customer service. You gotta call Lost Mint. You know, you call Lost Mint, you get someone on the phone there, they're gonna they're they're gonna they're going to sort you out within 30 minutes. You'll be sorted out. They're going to pick up the phone. You call customer service. You're going to be on hold for two hours and they're going to tell you to go to the website to send an email. You're going to send an email that's going to tell you to call customer service. It's, it's things like that that just don't. It's, it's the protocols. It's the logistics. It's the organization. And no one understands that they're like the way that they're, the way they're set up is for when things are going great. Right. Right. Not for when things are horrible. Right. And so that's where we've seen the repeat. And the only difference between this in 2008 is we have a new CFPB that are going to be looking for money. Period. End of, end of line. So let me ask you this though, like because consumers, 2008, 2009, when the crash actually happened, you know, consumers did look to the broker. The broker community was the one thrown under the bus. Like, it, can we almost expect as the CARES Act goes away, is it the mortgage industry who's going to end up with mud on their face after this is all said and done? You know, because technically, I mean, the CARES Act was put in place by the administration. When that all ends, it's the mortgage professional who's going to get hit hard. It's the lenders who are going to ones the ones who look bad, right? The, you know, the, the, the big difference here, Josh, is that investors have become increasingly more sophisticated as the operations at Fannie and Freddie. And you got to hand it to Fannie and Freddie for really rolling out tech. Um, and we had some great leaders there in the last 10 years. I got to be honest, you know, and I won't name names because I just end up leaving people out. Sure. But the investor community is is sophisticated enough that they won't be sold. Uh, these products, these poor products. I mean, even now, when you look at non-QM rolling back, uh, I'm sorry, coming back a little bit more this year, and you look at the and you and you look at the pre-sale reports for the QM bonds, uh, sorry, the non-QM bonds. I mean, the, the the collateral is strong. 
I mean, you had people going into these bonds before uh, that were underwater, and and you know you had you had people you know when they were bu- when they were bundling up these securitizations, some of them already reach REO. It was crazy, and then and and they're going to generate excess spread off of that. Not going to happen. Yeah. Right. So they're already underwater on the bonds. That's not happening now. We have we have a strong housing market now. I'm going to change my story. This hot housing market suddenly, uh, you know, becomes not so hot anymore. Well, you know, then we have a problem and uh, and we're not there yet. And all economic signs do not point to us getting there yet. Right. So again, I go back to the fact that as long as our industry is doing well and flush and making money, even Matt Ishbia said that he thinks 2021 can can repeat 2020. I mean, I think that's crazy, but, you know, they know more than we know. True. I mean, so let's go down that while while we're on that rabbit hole, I'd love to kind of jump down there. I mean, there's a new billionaire in the mortgage industry. Shout out to Matt Ishbia, a friend of personal friend of both of ours. And it's it's exciting to see. I but let's talk industry-wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I checked their stocks this morning. They're still doing okay. They're a little bit down. But what does this mean as we start to see some of these? Because again, we've talked about it in Rise and Shred a little bit. What does it really mean as we start seeing more and more of these companies go public? Good, bad, n- neutral? What are your thoughts on what it does for our, for our industry? I mean, I'm largely neutral with the stock industry. I don't, sure. I don't mess around with stocks. I don't, you know, I don't do that. The stock market for a rise and shred is an indicator or a forward looking indicator of economic strength. Um, it does have to deal with, you know, retirement funds, pension funds, and 401ks, which a lot of our readers and listeners, you know, participate in. Sure. You know, we, we, we look at it as a way to avoid, is there a crash coming? Right. Right. Um, that's how we look at it. Now, when you take a look at the way in which all these special purpose vehicles are being put together just to kind of, launch our guys into space it's really just a money grab you know and it's there so why not i mean you want to talk about the ipos are there more coming absolutely you bet of course i think that you know it's going to keep coming and i think it's a great way to raise money and we need it you know we need to get the liquidity before we issued bonds Sure. In the form of subprime bonds. And that was the way we could get the money going back. And we saw where that led, right? Yes, we we do. Where we just bonded every single mortgage we could write. And we look for mortgages to write. We bond it. That's kind of where it is. Now we're issuing stocks. Um, And that's the same thing. The difference is it's not private money. It's public money. Right. You have to be a lot safer. And the collapse is spread out of over a much wider net. And the stock market's liquidity is wrapped up again in the strength of the economy, not the strength of the market itself uh. that it represents. That's the difference between stocks and bonds. Right. You got to think of where it's collateralized. So, you know, it's 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 not as dangerous for us to be doing this right now in the mortgage industry to be launching these IPOs. There's just too much upside to it. And frankly, I think I, I feel more comfortable having more billionaires running. The company. <laughs> I, agree. I agree. Because when Jamie Dimon dropped the S bomb last week, talking about fintechs, he wasn't talking about the non-billionaire payments companies. He was talking about Apple. He was talking about Amazon. He was talking about Google, right? How many billionaires run those companies? Those are billion dollar companies, right? And that's, that's what's got them scared. 
So for those who missed that story, we titled it in here, S-Bombs. For those who didn't catch that, explain that. Go a little further into that. Yeah, so uh, Jamie Dimon did a bunch of things last week. Jamie Dimon is the CEO of J.P. Morgan, and he's a little bit more of the outspoken kind of. We quote him a lot because he's he's a colorful guy. Also, he puts information out there, um, and he likes to talk, and we like to listen. We do. So he he dropped uh, that he was scared S-less. Uh, of fintechs and progress. And he dropped that in a call with investors. And he also sent, and I've, I've learned this this morning, he also sent a list of companies that he finds threatening to um, kind of his management. So that was one thing I didn't know that he actually dropped the S-bomb. It was not this extemporaneous kind of like, I'm a colorful CEO and I'm going to mix it up a little bit and drop an S-bomb. He actually, he's actually serious. He wants a strategy for fighting fintechs, yeah, especially in the payments area, which is something in mortgage that we're getting closer and closer and closer to. And we're learning more and more and more that the way in which we aggregate data, distribute it and accept our payments is gonna be the future. So the way in which we digitally close, the way we digitally valuation everything, we're moving away from the property and beginning to go after the actual money and the way money works in our industry with the fintechs, and those are the successful ones that kind of, because the money, okay, home buyers don't understand buying homes. No, they don't. But they understand money. Exactly. Bingo. So that's where our success is. That's where our future is. And it's got the big banks scared of us and what we can do. So there's a, and I know for all the apples and all that, we've got the, We've got the plaid. You go down the line. You go down the line with all of them. And again, I don't want to name names because I, I'm always afraid who I leave out. Sure. Um, and but there's so many awesome fintechs in there that he should be oh, scared. Yeah. He should be scared, and he thinks he's going to win, and he's not going to win. Dude, I I totally agree with hundred percent agree, and and that's the way the industry is moving. It's exciting to be part of it, to see it again. Like you talked about, you've been doing this for so long, coveraging, seeing all that you have. It's probably exciting. Again, I've been doing this just over ten, you know, eleven years now. You've been doing it way longer than I have. You've seen so many of these things, and seeing a turn of events like this, starting to see that evolution of that is happening within our industry. Seeing the fintechs take, you know, kind of a, a front role, kind of a front seat to this whole entire thing and leading the way. It's exciting. And I think companies like JP Morgan, like they're, uh, they're, we got them on their heels. So it'll yeah. be exciting to see what happens. I, I don't think they can pivot. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't see how the only way in which uh, a big bank or any large investor at this point, or even, even the big guys um, is, is they have to pivot through interactions with vendors. Mm. It, it's going to be the only way. And that's where they're going. I mean, that's where they're going. I mean, I think, the big CEOs right now spend all of their time speaking to vendors. It's true. It's the only way, man. You got to buy. Can't build. Too late to build. Got to buy. Ooh, got to buy. We're gonna. That's a good place to start wrapping things up. Got to buy. It's not time to build. So, uh, Jacob, things to come this week. Again, last week was a very eventful week. Anything we should be expecting or watching for? Again, guys, if you haven't subscribed to Rise and Shred, the link is below. Make sure you do it because you don't want to miss a single day of all that we're dropping here, the team at Rise and Shred. But what things to look forward to this week, Jacob? I mean, we're going to be looking at some IPOs from other lenders look to be um, look to be going out this week. We'll see. We'll, 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 I, I'm really curious to see the first action of the CFPB as an indicator of future action. So that's really what I'm focused on. 
Um, speaking of payments, you know, they, uh, PayPal has shut down the account of our, our friend Jenna Ryan, who went to the Capitol, who works in real estate. So we'll be writing a little bit about her plight um, and just, you know, talking about uh, that kind of behavior because it's interesting, um, yeah. you know, and we'll be we'll be looking at that, man. And, you know, things are moving so fast that what I'm telling you today is almost definitely going to be irrelevant come Wednesday. So you got to check that email every day. Every single day. Check it out. Rise and Shred every single day. You can subscribe below. We have that link. Jacob, as always, man, it's a great way to start Monday. So exciting. Like I said, big week last week. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow, so that's why you've got to tune in. But, brother, as always, I appreciate you hanging out with us this morning, sharing the expertise and knowledge that you do. And, guys, tomorrow, Rick Sharga is on the show. We're talking about foreclosures, the moratorium of foreclosures. You're not going to want to miss tomorrow morning's show with Rick Sharga. So make sure you tune in there. R Jacob. Always a pleasure, brother. Thank you so much for joining us. Guys, again, click below to subscribe. We appreciate you guys being here. We love you. Now it's time for all of you to go shred, go show up, hustle, repeat every day. See ya.